presented by Airlines for America. Hey there, Playbook listeners. I'm Raghu Manavalan. It's State of the Union week in Washington, but a balloon is sucking up all the hot air. Here are the big things we're watching on Monday, February 6th. According to the AP, officials have told congressional leaders they can brief legislators on the status of the investigations into classified documents found in President Joe Biden's and former President Donald Trump's possession. Noman Merchant, Michael Balsamo, and Eric Tucker report that a briefing could come as soon as this week, but it may not meet demands from lawmakers who want to review the documents. And speaking from the No Labels Policy Conference in Florida this weekend, Politico's Burgess Everett reports that Senators Susan Collins and Joe Manchin said their work would not halt just because it may be tougher to convince McCarthy's majority to take up legislation. They did admit that their work might look a bit different this Congress. Collins said centrists must also be prepared to keep the government funded and raise the debt ceiling if McCarthy and President Joe Biden can't come to an agreement. When President Joe Biden ascends the House rostrum tomorrow to deliver his State of the Union address, the buzz will hover tens of thousands of feet higher where a Chinese surveillance balloon floated until it was shot down Saturday off the coast of South Carolina. It's a distraction Democrats aren't exactly thrilled about. Playbook editor Mike DeBonis and co-author Rachel Bader are here to break down what they're watching for this week in Washington. So this weekend, if you watched the talk shows at any point over the past few days, Republicans on the Hill have obviously been blasting Biden for not shooting this balloon down sooner. It obviously came down uh, on Sunday. But, you know, Republicans are really sort of seizing on this whole embarrassing debacle about a, a Chinese surveillance balloon coming into our air, American airspace to say that Biden is weak on China and that he didn't act fast enough. And so while Democrats really wanted Biden to use this week to, you know, help their their own party, help the Democratic Party by talking about the legislative achievements and his own plans into go, going into 2024, it's really the Republicans who are kind of excited about this contrast and it has everything to do with this balloon. So, you know, obviously, Democrats, uh, Chuck Schumer put out a sort of a rare, a rare Sunday statement uh, where he said there's going to be briefings on this for members of Congress. And he was defending Biden, saying, look, they couldn't shoot down this balloon because Americans could have been hurt if it was done over, you know, anywhere other than over a body of water. And they're also saying, Democrats are also saying now they're going to be able to sort of pull this balloon up from the ocean and look at it and make sure they sort of gain their own intelligence about what China was trying to do here. Uh, so, yeah, it, this is it, it, this is going to sort of take up all the oxygen in Washington right now. We should know that, you know, th- there's a lot of facts that we don't entirely know, which is what is the context for this? How often have these balloons uh, been spotted or come over and under what circumstances? There's a big sort of spat right now about whether the, uh, this happened during the Trump administration and whether uh, the Trump administration knew about it and or did anything about it. 
there's obviously a ton of political posturing uh, involved here, but there's also a lot of facts that key players don't seem to know, including uh, the congressional leaders who are uh, going, you know, have not been briefed yet directly by officials. And that, that seems like it's going to be happen uh, later this week. Right. Exactly. And not only congressional leaders, but I mean, former national security advisors. I mean, John Bolton and Robert O'Brien have been very adamant that they didn't know about any of this happening in the Trump administration. And we're, we're seeing some reporting, uh, you know, overnight that suggests that perhaps uh, folks did not learn that this had occurred before during the Trump administration until after Trump was out of office. So we're still trying to get clarity on that. And yeah, I mean, just like a lot of unanswered questions here that obviously are uh, going to come to the surface in the coming days. To me, uh, sort of the interesting thing about this is just the the salience of China as a political issue and just how it's been on the rise. Um, you know, I th- going into this new moment of divided government we're in with a Republican House majority, there were a f- there's a few areas that we sort of talked about that you know have been prime for some bipartisan cooperation, and one of them has been countering China. You know, Republicans set up this special committee. Democrats have actually gone along with that. They've 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 done bipartisan thing, you know, put out bipartisan statements and um, showed some level of cooperation. But given what's happened over the past three four days, you got to wonder how long can this spirit of bipartisanship persist on China when you know there's this obvious sort of angling going on to sort of get the upper hand. That yeah, that's right. And I think you know as soon as Tuesday, we could sort of get a preview of what that's going to look like. The House Financial Services Committee is going to be holding this hearing about how to combat China from an economic standpoint. They're going to be talking about 17 bills uh, about that, that have to deal with China. And one of them specifically is about imposing sanctions on Chinese military and surveillance companies. So watching that hearing, we might get an idea of how partisan this you know rhetoric is going to be. Obviously, Democrats do not want to appear weak on China at all. And I think that's why a lot of them were, you know, out there this weekend defending what Biden did and waiting a few days to shoot down uh, this balloon. But yeah, I mean, just sort of watching this hearing, we'll get an idea of of the tone that we're going to see going forward because of this more recent incident. Yeah. And I, I think we're also obviously, you know, later on Tuesday when when Biden actually speaks, see what tone he takes regarding China and uh you got to wonder if this is going to steal him to to be tougher on other issues. You know, they're they're kind of trying to engage in a little bit of a rapprochement right now, where Anthony Blinken was supposed to be in Beijing. He's right. supposed to be in Beijing this weekend. Ended up canceling the trip. Um, do they completely retreat from that? And you know, do you see things like uh, a tougher stance on, say? TikTok, you know, right now the federal government is reviewing TikTok owned by a Chinese company and whether, you know, it should be forced to be sold or not. And I, you wonder if, you know, probably not going to get an announcement uh, on Tuesday at the State of the Union, but you wonder if in the coming weeks or months, this may eventually trickle down into a harder line on things like that. Yeah, it's also interesting that this is the second State of the Union in a row that has sort of had this sort of foreign policy top headline to it. I mean, if you remember back to last year, it was right after Russia had invaded Ukraine, right? And Biden talked a lot about um, standing firm with Ukraine. This year, the State of the Union, we're going to obviously hear a lot about China, given what's in the headlines right now. 
And of course, the the bigger context for all of this is, you know, we're in 2023. We are less than a year from the first presidential primaries. We are in the 2024 presidential election cycle. And, you know, we are expecting Joe Biden within the next month or two to launch a re-election campaign. And, you know, this is being seen, the State of the Union is being seen as, you know, more or less a soft launch for his uh, re-election campaign. And what do you think, Rachel? Like, how is he going to balance this uh, sort of national security freakout with this opportunity he has to sort of make the case for another four years as president. Yeah, I was actually just texting with a uh, top Democratic aide in the Senate who was saying that he thought Biden could actually use this uh, use this to help him and try to to make the case that he was doing he was sort of uh, countering, you know, this Russian surveillance balloon in a responsible way to protect the country, both physically Americans, but also by trying to learn as much as he could by uh, by, by, uh, the saving the balloon and then having the uh, military bring it up from the water and sort of look at it. So we'll we'll see if they can actually do that. But yes, I mean, John LaMare, our colleague, had this story about how Biden is hoping to use State of the Union as this, quote, soft launch. There had been talk uh, in some Biden circles about uh, launching his re-election campaign for 24 as early as February. But then administration officials sort of put that on hold given, you know, the classified documents issue and the appointment of a special counsel to investigate, you know, how Biden had handled classified documents in in addition to investigating, which seems like everyone else these days because everybody's finding classified documents in their closet. Uh, But yeah, so Biden is going to talk about... um, the pandemic and how the country has very much turned a corner on the pandemic. He's going to be touting historically low unemployment numbers, job numbers, uh, talking about how while inflation, you know, has really been a problem for this country and for Americans trying to do things from, you know, pay electric bills to buy groceries, uh, inflation is starting to cool off. Uh, And so we'll, we'll obviously hear that. And then we will also hear him talk a lot about bills that uh, Democrats passed in the past two years when they had the majority in both chambers of Congress and obviously the White House, things like the the social spending and the climate package, infrastructure investments, uh, gun safety provisions that they were able to to get moving, even though they uh, didn't have, a you know, more than 60 Republican or Democrats in the Senate, they were able to, to work with Republicans to pass that. And then that new law uh, protecting same-sex marriage across the nation. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be using this to try to show that he has been productive and try to contrast the work he has done and the Democrats have done with this new House Republican majority, which, as you know, is oh, has been in chaos pretty much since, uh, you know, right. they took over. So Right. And thank you for mentioning, Rachel, the economic picture, which is, you know, really improved for Biden in the last uh, few months. As you mentioned, inflation's cooled down. He just got a, a really bonkers job report last week, uh, record, you know, un- lowest unemployment in like 50 years. Um, and so I guess it's probably no coincidence that you see Republicans sort of pivoting their attacks from this economic inflation focused message to uh, the China threat. So the balloon. Um, the balloon. The back balloon. to the balloon. It always comes back to the balloon. The the balloon may be in the sea, but the balloon attacks will float on for some time. Ooh, punch. Rachel Bade, thanks. Thank you. See you around. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At noon, President Joe Biden will arrive at the White House from Camp David. 
Vice President Kamala Harris will host a meeting focused on the root causes of migration from the Northern Triangle at 2 p.m. The House will meet at noon. It'll take up several bills at 2 p.m., with the votes postponed until 6.30. The Rules Committee will meet at 5 p.m. to take up rules against the CDC, requiring proof of COVID vaccination for foreign travelers and against recent D.C. Council actions on voting rights and crime. The Senate is out today. They'll be back in session tomorrow. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Monavalan. Have a good Monday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Did you know more than 90% of Americans have flown in their lifetime? And more than half of Americans have boarded a commercial aircraft before their 16th birthday? Robust competition in the U.S. airline industry has helped reduce airfares and generate a wide variety of selection, choice, and options for travelers. Learn more at airlines.org.